cream is bigger than me. Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. All right, let's do this. Oh my goodness. I could not be more excited today. Today is the last show of 2020. It may be my last show for for a minute because we started this show, Dr. Tart, three years ago. Remember we started this show and I said I wanted a, a weekly accountability so that I could interview all these amazing people. And I, and I knew I had like seven books in me that were going to be written. Two are already international bestsellers. Four are in process right now. I almost can't stand myself. There's so much great content. So I thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there into the universe. So... Um, we shall see what happens after after this Sunday. So at this point, I started the show as a personal accountability. I knew I was making the world a better place. I knew that that was my goal in life. And so today, 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 we have amazing individuals. And we're going to talk today about total wellness, achieving total wellness in 2021. And I have some just truly fabulous individuals, some of my favorite people. We're going to talk today about finding peace and joy releasing excess weight, de-stressing, having your best relationships, just finding overall best health in life, joy, peace, connecting to your inner spirit, all those things. So Dr. Tar, I'm gonna have you introduce yourself first. Tell us who you are, where you are, and then tell us what is that one thing? If you could only had, if you had 60 seconds to go back and talk to yourself at the age of 25, and you wanted to just put some learning, some nugget out there into the universe on how you could live your best life. What is that one thing you would tell yourself and tell the universe right now and tell the world on what they can do to, to, to live their best life? Total wellness, physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. What would you share? Well, hi, everybody. <clears throat> I'm Jerry Tart. I'm here in Orlando, Florida. I'm a psychotherapist and have been in private practice for 22 years now, but in the field of psychology for more than 40. <clears throat> to answer your question, Tracy, I think now at this stage in my life, the one thing that I'd like to tell myself if I could go back and talk to her at 25 would be to recognize what I want. And um, my favorite passage has now become John the uh, 17th chapter. And in that chapter, uh, Christ is praying to God and he's saying that he would want us to be one with him. And I think that looking at my life, looking retrospectively at my life, if I had been clearer about what it is that I wanted in that regard, I think that that's what it would be. Mm, I love that. Recognize what you want. Oof, I love it. Dr. Irene, I'm going to ask you the same question. 
you're going back, you're talking to yourself at the age of 25. What would you introduce yourself and then tell us who you are? And then what would you say to yourself? What is that one nugget that you would share with the world about what they can do to achieve total wellness, physical, mental, spiritual, whatever, whatever your focus is for the moment? Wow. Is everybody else having a hard time with this question? That's like, how do you like coalesce it down into one thing? Come on, you got it. We got more to share later, but you got this. Come on. All right. All right. What I want to say to the, the younger, the mini me, I'm Dr. Irene. And because of my own life experiences that my 25 year old has some of experienced and still lots to go, I would say, know that you're already valuable. You're a child of God, the universe source. And just by being born, you're already valuable. You don't have to prove it to anyone, including yourself. And so quit judging yourself, quit being your harshest critic, and know that you are worthy of health, wealth, happiness, and love just as you are. I love, love, love that. I'm going to go just how you you kind of pictured on my screen here. I'm going to go to Mr. Eric Simpson. Eric, tell us who you are, where you are, what your area of expertise is, and what is that one thing that you would share with your younger self? Uh, good evening, guys. Uh, Eric Simpson. I'm based in UK, England, uh, creator of the Coach Me Slim and Trim program. So I'm a weight loss coach and trainer. That's my speciality area. So good question. If I was going to go back uh, 25 years and advise myself, I think I'd say to myself, pick one thing, stick at it, be committed to that one thing and listen to, if you could find one, which I'm sure there are plenty around, a good mentor. Because I think when you can stick with one thing and be consistent, you are going to hit some obstacles, some barriers, some hurdles. But if you stick with it, you're consistent, you've got a good mentor in your ear, you'd be amazed at how far you can actually go in any area of your life. So that's the advice I think I'd give to myself. I love it. I love it. Ooh, hey, Rue in the house. Hey, Rue, you and I met relatively recently, and you're going to be my grounding force in 2021. <laughs> Pamela said, who's going to calm Tracy down? Because she's a little up. Y'all know I'm naturally up. That's kind of how I roll. <laughs> but, <Anyway>. but <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> So, hey, Rue, you are going to be one of my grounding elements. Can you tell us who you are? What is your area of expertise? And what is that one thing that you would share with your younger self about how to achieve total wellness, mind, body, and spirit? And I'm going to have you focus on spirit. Got you. Uh, peace and blessings, everyone. I'm Rue Chai as a man. I'm a holistic health um, and wellness coach in the Seattle, Washington area. Um, if I could go back um, yesterday, 25 years ago yesterday, um, I would tell my younger self that peace is your natural response to all things. So um, identify with that, that natural response and why manage stress um, when I just transcend it. Um, you know, I, I would go back and, and really focus on that understanding that my, my everyday response to every situation and every uh, circumstance is a peaceful one, um, giving me vision and clarity and understanding. Wow. You guys love this. Aren't you all just amazing? <laughs> Well, I love my people. <laughs> this is so awesome. Oh, Dr. Uh, Hokehe, Kokehe, can you introduce yourself? You and I met recently as well. And what I loved about you is just tell us who you are and tell us what your area of expertise is, what you just shared earlier about brain processing and the like. 
And you're on mute, Dr. Uh, Hokehe. Okay. Hello, everyone. Hi, I'm Dr. Hokehe F. Young. I'm a board-certified pediatrician and also a brain health coach. I specialize mostly in children with ADHD. And so if I had to talk to my 25-year-old self, I would say just know that you have everything you need inside of you to succeed and that resilience, you, can, you have resilience and there's nothing you can't overcome because of the experiences I had had about that. That's when I was younger than 25. So that's what I would say. Mm, thank you so much. I love that. Woof. Okay, Pamela Sachs Lawler. Miss Pamela, you and I met through the um, Tacoma Pierce County Black Collective. This group has been meeting for 50 years. I am just so impressed with you. And you had so many, you and I, you helped me with this equity and inclusion work. But then I started, I got to know you and you have this amazing relationship. You have insights on spirituality and I'm sure, and you were talking about health and wellness topics. So I don't even know what you're gonna answer, but I can't wait to hear. Uh, so introduce yourself and then tell us what is that one thing you would go back and talk to your 25 year old self about? What would you say to yourself? Um, something that you know now around how to achieve total wellness, physical, mental, mental or spiritual wellness. Okay. Thank you, Tracy. My name is Pam Sachs Lawler and um, I am a uh, behavior healthcare administrator for the state of Washington. And I'm also the director of AACS counseling. What would I say to myself as a 25-year-old? I would say that you need to find your per God's purpose in your life and get about doing that because that's going to lead you on the right journey that you need. And anything that God has for you is going to lead you on the right path. And whatever happens in your life will be okay because God is ordering your steps. Mm. Wow. Love it, love it, and love it. Woo! Love you guys. Jonathan, 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 you and I just wrote in a book, uh, Ignite Your Inner Spirit. It became an international bestseller the first day it came out. You and I were just loving each other. We kind of got to know each other at the end of the process. But I, I fell yeah. in love with you, Jonathan. So tell us, <laughs> if you can, um, what is that one thing you would tell yourself if you had to go back to the age of 25? What would you say to yourself? Well, I love you too, Tracy, and thank you for having me again on your on your show this weekend. And uh, it's a pleasure and an honor. But what I would tell the tagline that I put, well, first of all, I'm calling from Gilbert, Arizona, and uh, my expertise is actually in real estate finance. So it has really nothing to do with you know wellness per se, but as Tracy mentioned, we just wrote this book together. That's a passion of mine. Um, but what my tagline of my story in the book was be a student of life for life. And what I would say is what, what, what would lead to wellness, total wellness in anyone is always maintain an inquisitive spirit, an inquisitive mind, and be a student of life for life. And whether that's always studying or being inquisitive about the word of God and where that leads you and how he opens up the world to you or be inquisitive about any role that you play in life, whether it's that of a father, that of a son, of a sibling, of in your work life, always be a student, always be inquisitive about and always try to learn something new every day. Um, that's what I would say uh, to my 25 year old self to to maintain wellness. Thank you so much. 
Can someone email Dr. Stephanie? She is trying to iron me on this on this <laughs> my tablet and it's not working out. So can someone email her? Just let her know to try try to get back in again. Um, so I do want to make sure everyone mutes because I heard some sound and then just be ready to unmute yourself when um, when when I ask you a question. So you know this show we got two hours and we're going to focus on how to live your best life. So total wellness. And so I know most people in the U.S. have not most. Over 50%. Eric, I don't know. What are the, what are the statistics? Someone, does someone know like how many of us are overweight? Eric? Yeah, the, the, the figures are quite high. I mean, in the UK, I'm guesstimating around about 40% there and thereabouts. You've got categories of obesity and overweight. So there are two different categories there. But as a collective, it's probably more like 60% plus if you were to add both categories together of overweight and obesity. So, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, we're going to talk a little bit about weight, but we're going to talk about it from a physical, mental, and spiritual perspective because I think all those elements matter. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask each of you to lean in, right? So if you had to think about uh, just physical wellness, I'll just start with you, Eric, because this is this is primarily your area of expertise. Then I'm going to come to each of you uh, and ask a question related to the spirituality or the physicality or the emotionality around why we may or may not do what we know we should do, right? Because if you think about it, any goal that we're trying to accomplish, most times we know what to do, we just don't do it, right? So Eric, I'm going to ask you, if you had to give us, um, I don't know, your top three tips uh, around weight loss, what would you share? And I know you said at one point that to your point, we all know what to do. It's really a, about mindset. What would you share with, uh, with the world? Yeah, sure. So my approach to weight loss is very much mindset first, diet second, exercise third, just to get that out there, which is surprising to a lot of the people I work with. My background is armed forces. And for a lot of people, they anticipate I'm going to be getting them to do lots of push-ups, sit-ups, you know, jumping jacks, that type of thing. But actually, we've got to start off with the mind first. So my first tip that I give to all of my clients when I start working with them is uh, – Keep it to yourself. Don't go telling everybody what you're about to do. You know, tell your you know your significant other. Clearly, they would need to know and support and help you. But in terms of family, friends, and people like that, my experience has been that when you talk about weight loss to other people, everybody suddenly becomes a weight loss expert. They're telling you what you should be eating, how you should be exercising, what your goals should be, and as the weight comes off. Uh, it's don't lose any more weight now you've lost enough weight you know stop where you are and there's a whole kind of story around why people saying uh, you know behave like that so that, that would be my first thing uh, would be to keep it to yourself and go about it quietly but in terms of specific steps I'd be working on first of all getting a good structure in terms of how you're going to develop your mind your diet and your exercise I'd then be talking about getting some good progression for each of those areas so you can progress and you don't go, go this like a bull in a china shop because people often start off too quickly uh, and they crash and burn emotionally, physically, nutritionally. And the third thing I would say, which will sound self-serving, but that would be to get some accountability. And that's not necessarily just from an expert or a professional like me that does it for a living, but that could be from somebody that you want to put into your trust circle, your circle of trust that you want to tell about your weight loss journey and your changing um, your lifestyle habits to become healthier. So 
summary, keep it to yourself, have structure, have progression, and have some accountability. Is that brief enough? That, that was perfect. That was perfect. And actually, Eric, what I love about this, this, this conversation is I don't necessarily agree with you, but I'm fat. So what do I know? <laughs> What do I know? So I've actually thought about this weight loss journey <laughs> as a put it out there into the streets. I've actually weighed in live on the show. I was actually planning to do this entire like 2021 weekly weigh in, doing the show. I'm not even sure if I'm going to do the show anymore after talking to you. I'm like, well, maybe that's not the best strategy. But uh, I'm just curious, who who else? I mean, Dr. Tart, from an accountability perspective. Right when you think about you know achieving a goal, I thought you're supposed to put it out there, write it on the you know side of a wall. I mean, you're supposed to put it out into the streets so everybody knows. Hey, I'm gonna X Y Z. What are your thoughts about that, or, or does it matter? Does it depend? And you're muted still. Um, what I was saying is that yes, I I, I must admit. As, as Eric has just said, there is a need for accountability. And I think that first accountability is to ourselves, that we have to recognize our own obstacles. What's, what's happening um, that we are wanting to do this and or how committed are you to the reasons? Do you believe in what um, the public domain has to say about your your weight or whatever? How do you, how does that make you feel? What would it, what would you what do you think about if it were that you were to lose uh, 10, 15, 25, 100 pounds? What, what do you think about that? How does that how does it make you feel and what does it matter to you? Where's your investment in, in doing this? So I think looking at yourself initially in the mirror and becoming accountable to yourselves, to uh, to ourselves, look for us, any of us could um, first become accountable and then look at the obstacles in which you're going to face and, and consider what that means to you because we have an investment in, in uh, continued behavior. So if that uh, thing, whatever that thing is, you have to be willing to challenge yourself with that and decide, uh, does that matter more than this new uh, goal that you want to reach or whatever? And, and then um, as it relates to having some kind of, uh, not just some kind, but being committed uh, to the process in and of itself. Um, I remember when I was going through Ask Doctor, my 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 uh, one of my mentors touch it every day. So if you aren't invested, if you aren't willing to go back and revisit the things that you've learned or the things that maybe you said that you were going to do and you've not done it, then the probability is that you're going to get what you've always gotten. So I think being committed, uh, uh, first and foremost, rather being a uh, uh, true with yourself and then recognizing your investments in the obstacles there and determining what you're going to do about it. And I do believe in writing it down and making a poster even about what you're going to do and, and what you're looking forward to. Okay. I love it. So I heard you say personal accountability. I heard you talk about being committed. I didn't hear you answer the question whether or not you're supposed to tell other people. Am I supposed to keep it silent or am I supposed to be? Come on now. Okay. Does anybody have a comment? Does anybody else? Does that, I mean, in terms of accountability, does it work for you to tell Fred, Bob, tell it, Ted and Alice? Yes, of course does it, it does. I'm, I'm an extrovert, so of course okay. it does. Yes. But my point here is that going back to what I said in terms of obstacles, if we, if, if you see that uh, having to share it with, with other people, if you see that as being something that you're invested in, and if it is that telling um, 
a number of people about what you're wanting to do. If that gives you what it is that you need, then um, use that thing that works for you. But then you have to be true to yourself and ask yourself, if I've ever done this before, does that really work for me? Uh, you know, is, I want to I jump in there for a second. I, you, you said, does anybody else feel the same way? I, um, when I start out on an exercise routine or when I think that I'm going to start on something, I've learned personally, my husband's a football coach, and I've learned not to tell him <laughs> because I want him to hold me accountable, yes, but he has different standards than I do. So his standards, he wants his standards to become my standards. So I would just say, be careful who you tell and, and make sure that they're on the same page as you are. Mm, I love it. Anyone else got any comments? Could I just add a very quick story just to back up what I said? Is that okay? Just to, oh, well, an example. I, I, just, just to be clear, there's no right or wrong. So, it's just the, so, so what you're saying isn't right or wrong. It's just different. You know oh, what no, I'm no. saying? I, yeah. I just kind of want to hear different, different perspectives. Sure. That's all. So no, I, I, we're gonna come back to you at the end. I want to okay, hear what yeah, everybody sure. else has okay, to say. Yeah, yeah. We want to come back to you because you're gonna help me lose some weight. So <laughs> I mean, I'm keeping it to myself. I'm not even doing the show. Trust me. <laughs> hey, 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 Rue. Hey, Rue. What do you have to say? I saw you reaching for the mic. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening in, and and I, I I hear both sides of the the coin as far as um sharing um our goals or not sharing our goals. Um, and I I, I hear uh valid valid reasons for both. I would I would uh, pose you know to ask the question what your why is why are you trying to lose weight what's your purpose what's your goal um what is what is your reasoning um and rationale behind that idea to eat healthy or to change that lifestyle um is it promote you know being able to interact with your friends and family um to do certain activities that you're not able to do to increase you know um your health and things of that nature discovering your why and that motivation I think is a really big important part. Um, also, visualizing and meditating, um, to be able to see yourself, what does it look like once you have lost that weight, visualizing that, um, for instance, like a, a, a person who is practicing shooting free throws or a martial artist, um, a lot of that time, or, or, or a concert pianist, a lot of that time uh, perfecting their craft is spent in visualization. So seeing yourself um, dealing with um, new dietary choices and new, new um, lifestyle choices as well. I um, mean, also listing, uh, number three, listing um, the rationale or, or the reasons that you eat the way that you eat now, um, your emotional reasons, do you eat because you enjoy food? Do you eat because it makes you feel a certain way? Do you eat for the flavor and things like that? Um, are those significant reasons to be eating or we, are we simply supposed to be eating in order to fuel our vehicle? Um, you know, once we look at this from a spiritual standpoint, our vehicle houses our spirit or our soul or however you want to, to phrase that. So can you, can you live your best spiritual life? Can you be your best person in a, in a, in a, in a vehicle that's not um, optimized and taken care of and, and, and tying that into your visualizations and your choosing mechanisms? Well, I can tell you, hey, Ru, um, you know, what I love about you is you shared some meditations with me and some, 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 uh, training around the winter solstice and i've actually been reviewing those and i've been visualizing myself um to your point making better choices i, I haven't in the past few days but i've been visualizing myself making better choices uh and what i can tell you is you know when i connect to the spirituality of it all it, it really does change things for me so does anyone else have a comment this isn't about weight loss necessarily this is about for any goal we're talking about any goal that is out there. I just love this idea of do you share or do you not share? There's no right or wrong answer. There, there is not. It's different per person. Jonathan, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are I've kind of done both. 
And it really depends on what the goal is. I've been, you know, coming from a, a morbidly obese family, I've dealt with my weight my whole life as well. So I've been on that roller coaster. I've been, I used to compete in bodybuilding and powerlifting in college. And then when I got married, I got extremely overweight. And, and I actually joined a, a biggest loser competition and won that competition. In that competition, I didn't share that with anybody until the very end. And that was probably my, my most successful, you know, other than compete competition, that was one of my most successful, you know, uh, stints at weight loss. So whether it's weight loss or any other goal, I think it's really subjective to what that goal is and who is going to be your accountability partner or partners in that goal. If it's a very personal goal like weight loss, then it will depend on, you know, whether you're to share it with your spouse or not. Like in um, uh, Pamela's, I think it was Pamela that shared her, her, her husband's a football coach. So you have to know who your accountability partners are and they do have to be on the same page. They have to support you and encourage you in that goal if they're going to be part of your, of, of, your accountability pool or your accountability circle of a circle, your truth circle, right? Um, yeah, but there's also things that I've read that you share it with everybody and then everybody becomes your accountability partner. But I don't think that's that's very helpful because as um, Eric said, you know, some they start questioning you through the process and challenging you and giving you their own advice and things like that. And it causes doubt in your journey. And so I think it's I think it's very subjective. And I think you have to based on the goal that you're trying to hit, whether it's a, a job change or weight loss or uh, whatever, or running for training for a marathon, you know, it's going to be who your accountability team is going to be in that goal is who you should share it with. And I think the more, the better, um, it, as long as they're all in your same camp. Gotcha. Love it. And Tracy, it, I, I do want to say there, they can support you on different levels. While my husband mm -hmm. is a football coach, and he tends to be really, really hard when it comes to exercise and things like that. On the, on my other journey, which is finished finishing my doctorate, my husband is, he is my backbone. He right. pushes me, he encourages me, and so it's a good thing that I need. So I, it's it it depends on the different circumstances. For sure, for sure, I love it, Doctor Hokehe. Am I pronouncing your name right? You are. Yes. Okay, perfect. So Jonathan, I think you're the person with the sound issues. So if everyone else wants to go ahead and unmute, let's see if it only happens when Jonathan comes back on so you can you can respond faster. Because I don't hear it with anyone but you, just FYI. Doctor, uh, okay, what are your thoughts? You, you, you said earlier that what you do is you help people with their brains and, and, and processing information so that they can be optimized. What are your thoughts on this topic of, you know, when you're choosing a goal, it's 2021, people are gonna be making these new declarations. What are your thoughts? I mean, it, there's no right or wrong answer, but what are your thoughts? My thoughts are it's extremely important, like Pamela and everybody else said, who you're talking to and what you're talking to them about, because words are so powerful and you are most like the five or 10 people who surround you. So if you're speaking, if you're speaking um, a goal into existence, then you want to be sure the people surrounding you are the people that are going to cheer you on. Because if not, I mean, words are things, literally. I mean, they're living things, and it will either detract or add to you. So I, I agree with what's been said so far. Excellent. Okay, perfect. So um, so, so the two other things you said, Eric, we're going to come back to you. Irene, Dr. Irene, I don't know if you wanted to share anything on this topic of goal setting before I come back to Eric. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks, Tracy. I just wanted to hear everyone else's beautiful input. Um, I, I Perhaps I can give some clarity because I'm a geek when it comes to research. So 
one of the research studies on goal setting and vision setting that came out of the Dominican University in California was that first and foremost, you have to make a goal. Most people don't, they're not happy with where they are. And at the same time, they don't know what would make them happy. So it's kind of nebulous. You know, they don't really like give that cybernetic mind the, the you know, input the destination into the GPS. So it's making it specific. I want to lose 50 pounds or I want to, I, I want to be able to walk up a hill or I want to hike to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Whatever your goal, whatever your vision is, you need to make it first. If you write it down, it increases your success of rate by so much more. If you tell somebody that increases it more, and I'm going to put the caveat here, and I think it's, I, I agree with everyone. And what I tell my clients is protect your vision like a newborn baby, like your newborn baby, right? There are certain people you're going to let hold it and cuddle it and coo at it. And then there are other people that you're going to be like, stay away, stay away. Right. In other words, only share it with the people that you trust with your baby, your vision. And then if you have an accountability partner, then that increases the success rate even that much further. But again, that accountability partner needs to be somebody who has your back as Pamela said. And, and it's going to be different because the people that love us are human too. And they are very, you know, they have their patterns, they have their triggers, and, and they may very well feel threatened. Not, not even knowing that they are, but, you know, oh, she's changing? Well, I'm not sure. Like, maybe she's not going to love me if she loses the weight. Maybe she's going to leave me, right? In other words, they don't even know. They think that they're being supportive and they're they're not necessarily that's why treat it like your unborn child and if there's great way of looking at it is belief so the triad is create your vision and as so many here have said find your purpose around it what is your motivation get crystal clear on you know the pain associated with not achieving your vision and the pleasure associated with achieving it. And then what is your belief on a scale of zero to 10? If it's not at least an eight out of 10, you got a lot of work to do before that's going to come true. And it means that other well-meaning people are going to be able to tear down your vision that much more easily versus if you're rock solid, 10 out of 10, this is happening, it's already done, then it's going to be a lot harder to budge you than if you just, you know, I'm kind of waffling, you know, if you have like the story going on, well, I've tried it and failed so many times before. Anyway, so there. That's good. I love that. What I love about the two things you said is, first of all, uh, nurture nurture your vision like a newborn baby. How many people love that? <laughs> I saw heads like nodding, like, yes, I love it. And then you also made a point that I, I, I've done a lot of research in this area around goal setting and accomplishing your goals and living your best life. And this idea of brain, like neuroscience, basically, so the neuroscience of, you know, identifying the pain 
of not accomplishing it and the joy and pleasure of accomplishing it and, and really go deep on those two areas of, of focus. And so for me, I actually did have a, um, a RTT, a rapid transformational therapy session uh, a few months ago, and it was around food and eating healthy and working out. And it was amazing. And um, it allowed me to see myself differently. I had done some work months, months prior to that as well. So it was just like a perfect timing. And so I feel like I am at a 10 out of 10 as far as getting it done, as far as moving in the right direction. Now I just need to execute. I haven't been very consistent. Um, so I heard several of you also talk about this idea of being consistent. So now let's talk about why is that so important and why is that so hard for us to do? Again, not about weight loss, but any goal. This is about total wellness in 2021, mind, body, and spirit, right? Physical, mental, spiritual, whatever, any goal you want to accomplish. Why is it that most times we know what to do and we don't do it? Dr. Tart, from a psychological perspective, why is it someone who wants to, for example, quit smoking uh, or something to that effect? Why, why, don't, why don't we do it? And you're, you're muted. Like I said, I'm having everyone to go ahead and take yourself off mute unless there's issues. To the point that has been made already um, uh, from a, a neuroscience perspective, the brain has already locked in to this concept of what we've been doing. And we may find it difficult to shift that, uh, not only that paradigm and, and habit or whatever, but we've got to recognize that this has been a constant. So if we're saying that we are now committed to do something different, we have to not only retrain our sell our con the concept in and of itself but we have to retrain our brain to think about that thing differently that was one of the reasons that i said early on that i think it's important for us to look at what's my what's the things that stand in the way for me not that that will cause me not to achieve the goal that i'm now making because there are investments in that old behavior and and as a result of making that change to do it differently we find ourselves those things that we really don't want to do those things that we say that we hate doing it's difficult for us to stop doing them on our own and from a spiritual perspective we know just as this program is called it's bigger than me so i have to be a willing to reach out to that source that's bigger than me and and to see if i really am a believer of that and to want to follow that and then then to go and as we've also said write it down be consistent enough to touch it every day make that conscious decision and and that accountability to ourselves about not only what others you it's not about what others will think about us necessarily but what do we think of ourselves and you know we all have cheat sheets so we've had cheat sheets during our lives are we willing now to say that that's no longer an effective process of thought to hold fast to? You know, so there's a constant commitment and, and making a conscious decision to realize that we are more than just our humanness, as it were. We are body, mind, and soul. So the creator is the one that I choose to reach out to to assist me in, in that goal. So that's what I would encourage others to do. And also, Dr. Tart, to think about where we are when you were talking, I thought about the, the behavior change theory, Petraska and De Clemente. We don't mm -hmm. often realize at what stage people are at regarding wanting to change their behavior. You can make a goal, and if you're, you, you want to quit smoking and you're at the pre-contemplation -pre stage, but yes. you're, people are wanting you to function like you're in maintenance, that's not mm -hmm. going to work. Right. You have to be able to, and you know this, to determine what stage you're at and work with a person where they're at. And that was, that's my goal in, in being able to help, 
to explain that to my husband as the football coach. Look, I'm in contemplation stage. You can't put me in maintenance stage because I'm not there yet. Yeah. The behavior change theory explains it all. It, it really does. It tells us where we're at and how to get to the next stage so that we can change that behavior successfully. And with that, just one more thing, Pam, to your point, if we are forced or believed that we believe that we are forced, we aren't, we, that we aren't worthy to say aloud, because that part, that part is really critical to know your, and to use your voice. If, if, if our mindset has been, I can't tell you husband of mine, mother, mm -hmm. dad of mine, whomever, that I'm in the pre-contemplation stage and you want me to be in the maintenance stage. If I don't, if, if I can't say that not only to you, but even to myself, then it's, you know, it's it. You can put stick a fork in it. It's done already because <laughs> yes. you haven't even, uh, you aren't even willing to articulate what it is that you need. Definitely. I love it. So, Eric, I'm going to come back to you because I, I hope that you and I can figure out a way for us to work together uh, in, in 2021. Um, I'm willing to, you know, explore all kinds of options. And when I think about what you said, I love it because you said basically keep it to yourself. It's not something I've done in the past. Let's try something different. You said find some good structure. I am the most unstructured out of the box individual that I know, I definitely look forward to having some structure. And then you mentioned this idea of progression. Well, I think my brain should be able to take me from zero to 500 in no time flat. So all the things you described are all the things that I am looking forward to, to implementing. Um, uh, so any, any final words you want to share? Because I think we have someone on the, on the phone. Um, uh, Nathan, tell me if we still have uh, Heather on the phone. OK, perfect. Is, any, is anyone on the phone? OK, perfect. Okay, perfect. So, Eric, what are your thoughts about the um, what are your thoughts about this idea of any final words of wisdom for anyone? Your next uh, implementation on consistency. What would you say about consistency? You're saying have some structure, have some progression. Everyone starts two weeks into the new year, they stop. What can you share share with us about how you know what do you do to shift mindset to keep moving past the two week mark or into the two week mark? Sure, sure. Well, look, I mean. There are clearly some very, very experienced people on this call this evening, and uh, I'm sure what I'm about to say, people probably already know this anyway, but one of the things I like to do with people is to map out what I've seen as a bit of a journey. And I think, um, so forgive me, Pamela just mentioned it, the stages of change by Pruskus and De Clemente. That, that's a fantastic model, and that's something I build into my coaching program because I believe when I'm working with people that come to me and, and get through the selection process as it were I then like to map out what 12 months is going to look like for them and I do that in increments of six weeks and by doing that what I found happens with the individual is uh, and this is just my personal approach I'm not saying it's the only approach it's the approach that I take but by mapping it out for them in six week increments and telling them what I've seen happen and occur at each of those six weeks, two things have happened or two things tend to happen. One is they get to see it's a journey uh, and they get to see that um, it's not gonna happen overnight. And in seeing that they can then slow themselves down mentally. So they don't go rushing into this like a hundred meter sprint. They treat it more like a, to begin with a nice easy walk because I forget who mentioned it, but you really, I really have to meet people where they are at that specific moment in their time. Some people I work with, 
um, I worked with one lady who was schizophrenic, manic depressive. There was me, a doctor and a nurse as, as part of the team. And she could quite literally walk no more than probably 50 yards without getting out of breath. We eventually managed to take her over an hour walking. Whereas with some people I work with, they could maybe walk for an hour from day one. So everyone's a little bit different. But I think by mapping out the journey in answer to your question, how do I keep people going or try to keep them going in their own heads mentally is to map out that journey so they can see where they're going. And if I can sort of uh, articulate what to anticipate at certain milestones when those things happen, and they frequently do, or they frequently happen, because we've spoke about it ahead of time, it doesn't come as a surprise and they're, they're prepared for it, better prepared for it. So that's just one way of many, I'm sure, of keeping people going uh, beyond that, that first two weeks of the new year. I love it, love it, love it. So Dr. Tart and I started writing a book a few years ago, and it's one of the ones that we're going to be wrapping up in this year. But, you know, it was loving the journey. It was called loving the journey and living the dream. So this idea of, you know, these multiple multiplicity of goals that we want to accomplish. You know, how do you accomplish? How do you eat an elephant? Right. One bite at a time. So we know it is about planning the work and working the plan. Um, but it's really like about how you go through the journey. And, and I love the why. So, hey, Ru, let me come back to you. Because what you said I thought was so beautiful, um, kind of a, everything everyone's saying is lovely. But one of the things you, you, you talked about was kind of the how and the why. So when you think about the, the body, right, and, and life in general, some of the documentation you shared with me was around, you know, uh, you know sparking, tapping into spirituality. It doesn't matter what your, your religious beliefs are, but just this idea of tapping into source, you know, your creator, finding peace on the journey. So we call it loving the journey and living the dream because it's not about getting there and falling over the finish line. It's about enjoying the journey all the way, all along the way. So what can you tell us about, this is about total wellness in 2020. We've all been stressed out, pandemic out, you know, a hundred thousand different things have been going on. I can't believe you only have 15 minutes left in this first hour. So let's end focused on peace and joy. Whatever the journey is, whatever this journey toward wellness is, physical, mental, or spiritual, what would you like to share with us about how we get there loving peacefully, enjoy? Well, um, the opening question that you asked, what I would tell my person 25 years in the past, um, I chose to uh, tell my person that peace was my natural response to all things. Um, we understand from, you know, if we look at, at every religion, on the planet, um, typically they tell us that we're created in the image of peace. We're created in the image of our creator. Um, that image is peace. Um, if we're created in the image of peace that nothing can disturb, um, then our true nature and our true response to all things is peace. Our goal here in this life is really to cultivate that natural response to all things, which is a peaceful response. Um, that being said, um, we we tend to, in, in this society, we, we tend to move from, from uh, pain to pleasure. We move from like, okay, I'm hurting, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm upset or something or, or something along those lines. And then I had this great experience. I got this great trip where I, I accomplished this goal and now I'm super happy. But then the newness of the goal or the, the trip or, or the reward fails and we go back to pain again and try to replace that. So we need to really understand what happiness is and what peace is. Um, happiness really in and of itself is the perpetual enjoyment of peace. Peace, like I said before, is our essential nature. So we're required then to move from peace to pleasure and from pleasure back to peace. Um, if we understand that peace is our natural response to all things, um, when we have nothing or when we're in those low, low moments, we can enjoy our true nature, which is peace. 
Um, and then when we get the reward or, or reach the goal, we can enjoy the moment, but we understand that the moment didn't create pleasure for us. Um, our peaceful nature did. So we're not looking at these goals as an effort to become happy. We're, we're, we're happy so now, now that we can reach, so now we can reach the goals. Our, our happiness must precede success. Um, so we, we understand that our, our main goal is really to align ourselves with our creator, with our, you know, um, our universal creator, whatever you want to call that God that you, you, you go with in, in your religious practice, but to really align yourself with that, that creator and, and to respond to situations in the, 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 the same vein as that creator. Now I can make choices, pre, um, predetermine my choices before I'm ever in a situation of like, should I pick up that cigarette and smoke? Um, you know, because when I'm in the moment and I'm triggered, I'm not able to really process. For me to process, I, I need to make those decisions when I'm in a moment or stasis of peace. Um, so we, we go into those meditative mindset states um, and visualize ourselves doing the right thing when we're not in the moment so that when we get to the moment, we can choose wisely. But our reason and our rationale, like I was talking about before, has to be around why are you making the choices? Are you making the choices because I think that if I eat well or if I lose weight or if I buy this house or if I move to this place, I can be happy or am I, uh, am I living as a divine being and saying, I'm going to live as a divine being and so now I'm gonna make these choices. Um, so we, we really have to be cognizant of the fact that we are divine beings, we're peaceful creatures and that our IQ actually improves if we're making choices when we're calm, when we're pleasant, when we're um, not being led by our emotions, but we're, we're, we're making those decisions based on our true nature, which is, which is peace. When we get angry, when we get upset, when we get excited, our IQ drops. And so we need to have the ability to vitalize and use our, our cognitive abilities in those moments to be able to choose. And so our natural response then has to be peace in those moments. We have to cultivate that, though, outside of the, the triggered moments, outside the catalytic experiences. What I love about repetition, what you just... your first question, excuse me, um, we the repetition in those peaceful moments breeds habit habits that we can now carry forward into the world, and now we can make these choices um, that we've cultivated in our visualizations and our meditations and our quiet moments to make those choices when we're triggered. It becomes a habit we've already created. Mm, I love that Jonathan's nodding his head. Doctor Okehe is nodding her head as well. Dr. Tart and I have written one of our chapters is this idea of, you know, ha has this concept of fake it till you can make it right. So we know that we know that, like you said, choose happiness, right? Like that is that is our natural state of being. That was actually what I wrote about in, in book number one, right? Happiness is our natural state of being. But you just said cultivate the repetition in the peaceful moments so that you're able to tap into those when you're triggered. Dr. Tart, what do you like to say? You like to say something like, um, something along those lines about you can't make a I'm when not someone's on your, when, when someone's on your last nerve you're like yeah this is not a time for um this oh, is oh, not oh, a time um, right <clears throat> this isn't a um what was my our slate our say, saying here is that this isn't a feel good moment that's not the thing that I said it's um Te not a teachable uh, moment or something about in the middle yeah. of in the, just as he said before when we're in the middle of a crisis we can't make it, it is not a teachable moment um, but the, but the, and because of that, we have to make, uh, the decisions outside of that moment. If it is that we want to use those kinds of tools. Um, but the, the slogan that I was looking for was this is not fun anymore. So when we recognize <laughs> that we're in that place where it is, it is difficult or it's conflictual, then we, we need to have some kind of process that's already agreed upon that we are going to exercise in order to give us a timeout. I mean, a mental timeout. 
um, so that we can pull the pull uh, pull the the, the uh, excitability down and give ourselves a moment to be reflective. And and we oftentimes cannot do that in a in a crisis. So so what I love about what both of you are saying is when we're trying to make these good decisions, if you if you're trying to make decisions that that primarily focus on you, then I love what you said. Hey, Rue, it's really about, you know, cultivating these these moments, practicing, right, visualizing how you're going to respond in the, in the heat of the moment. And Dr. Tart, what you just described is a little bit relational. So you basically are saying when you're in the middle of something with somebody else, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and Pamela, I'm going to ask you this question from a relationship perspective, and then I'll come to you, Dr. Hoke. Hey, um, you know, when it, when it comes to relationships, right? What advice would you share with people about finding peace and joy? This is the year of total wellness, 2020, the year of total wellness. We need very actionable things. When your husband gets on your very last nerve or you get on his, what do you do? Or do you, have you already cultivated? Dr. Tart says she and her husband say, this is no longer fun. This isn't fun anymore. That's like the break. Okay, this isn't fun anymore. To your corner, I'll go to mine. What, what, what suggestions do you recommend on how to maintain peace when others are involved there's, there's others involved in relationships it can be difficult um because my husband is my best friend and oftentimes i will say to him i need to talk to my best friend not my husband and so i i think that i, I think about there's a scripture first thessalonians 5 and 23 it says and the god of peace himself sanctify you wholly and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete we need to follow what what god wants us to do and that's what i um i focus on when and when i'm having difficult times we're all going to have difficult times in our relationships because nothing absolutely nothing is perfect in life but god wants us to have good health and he, he wants us to have a uh, good well-being he wants us to be healthy emotionally and this this is the thing why we have problems in relationships and it's not just personal relationships. Um, I was thinking about when I was listening to the other speaker, I thought about how they were talking about, he was talking about pain. We don't like to feel pain. And people are afraid uh, to really feel their feelings. And they're afraid of losing control, um, afraid of the, the pain that comes from the emotions that we have. And what I try to, to teach when I talk with with clients and in, in when I use it in my personal life too, is to understand you're going to have those feelings. You're going to get upset. Recognize that they're there, but it doesn't mean that you have to act on them because if you act on them, you're going to regret it later on. So you, you learn your techniques prior to get in those situ, situations. So they won't become as Dr. Tart says, teachable moments within that moment. So you, you practice, um, so you already know if, if at all possible so that you can, um, not act on those, those, those bad feelings that you may have, because nothing's going to be perfect and we're going to get upset. I get upset with my husband. He's my best friend and I love him to death. He's my life. Um, but understand what do I do to not act on those feelings that I have in the moment? Because in the moment can ruin your life. I love it. Dr. Uh, okay. Hey, I know a lot of, a lot of the world right now, a lot of parents are at home with their children and you focus on mental health, children with ADHD and, and counseling in that space. What advice would you share with parents 
around keeping peace and joy in their home as it relates to children? Are there any words of wisdom that you can share? Yes. So as we've all found, at least parents have found that it's so critical to recognize what their children, that the children themselves are also feeding off of the parents. So as parents, we are anxious, we're frustrated, we may have lost our jobs, things are not going well. And if we're not careful, we also pass that on to the kids. And, and what happens is the kids don't know how to process those feelings and then it comes out as bad behavior. Or, I mean, because children just need to feel like they're safe and that things will go well and that they'll be cared for. So what I tell parents is, parents, you need to have self-love for yourself first. Focus and, and figure out how to process the anxious thoughts you're having. So something I'd like to tell parents is ask yourself the question, question the thoughts. So when the thoughts come, I'm a failure. I've let my family down. I lost my job. Ask yourself, is that true? Are you truly a failure or is this something out of your control? And then ask yourself, is this really true? Is it really true that you're feeling you've let your family down or is this something beyond your control? And if you find that that answer and the answer is no, it's not true, then the next question is, so who would you be if that answer was, was not true? So I would be the best mom and dad I can be to my son who's looking up to me to take care of them and I will keep searching for what I can do to take care of my family. So it's just a way to stop those thoughts in, in their tracks so that you don't, you don't go down the rabbit hole and things go and get worse because for sure the children are watching and they're just feeding off of what's going on with the parents. So if the parents love themselves and are aware of their own stressors and their own thoughts and they can handle them, then they're more likely to be able to take care of their children where their children exhibit anxious um, symptoms like not doing what they usually like to do, not eating well, not sleeping well. Parents are, are better equipped to handle their children. And so it's just to love your children where they are because children too are scared and they know what's going on. So. And it seems like we've lost Tracy temporarily. Does anybody else have a comment they would like to make at this time? I'm back yet? Yay! Oh, there she is. So, <laughs> so what we're going to do here, so I, I was trying to see the chat while, while you were talking. Um, so, Jonathan, how much time do we have? Uh, just I mean, about I mean, a minute uh, and a half. Minute and a half. Guys, we're going to do the fastest round, lightning round of in. What is that final, literally, 10 seconds, what would you say to action steps for people to do to live their best life. And again, stay with us because we're going to be back for the next hour. So real quick, Pamela, I'll start with you. 10 seconds. What would you say? Wellness. Um, follow what God wants you to do. I love it. I love it. Dr. Hokehe. I'll be grateful. Mm, I love it. Jonathan. Yeah. The big thing theme in my life is gratitude right now. Recognizing gratitude, be grateful daily. I love it. Dr. Irene. You're muted, Dr. Irene. Dr. Jerry, turn your, your camera back on if you're there. We can't see you, Dr. Irene. You always have choice and control, even if it's not what you choose, and that even if it's just to decide how you're going to use your experiences. I love it. Uh, Eric? Commit to your goal. Hey, Rue, last word for you. Remember, peace is your nature. 
All right, stay with us. We'll be right back. 